This is How Curious from KGOU, exploring your questions about Oklahoma. I'm Claire Donnelly. It's 1984, and Tony Sinclair is in his dressing room at Oklahoma City's Free Spirit Club. His vanity table is covered with cans of hairspray and makeup. The mirror is framed by photos of elegant women. It doesn't offend me to be called a drag queen, Sinclair told the Oklahoma newspaper reporter Pat Record. Sinclair, who died two years ago, was one of Oklahoma City's best-known female impersonators. Through the years, he imitated celebrities from Mae West to Marilyn Monroe to Diana Ross. In 1997, he won the Lifetime Achievement Award at Miss Gay Oklahoma of America. Because she has helped just, just by being an example to everyone else, okay? Her advice, such a classy, classy person, okay? Put your hands together for Mr. Tony Sinclair. Let's hear it. Each day I live, I want to be a day to give. Daniel Humphrey emailed How Curious. He wrote, I've heard Oklahoma City was nationally renowned for its drag queen shows, and famous people like Johnny Carson and Frank Sinatra would fly in to see them. What's the history of these shows? Some of the performers are really great at illusions. They do a really great, you know, Barbara Streisand or a really great, uh, you know, Tina Turner. And then some of them have created their own kind of characters. John Gibbons co-owns The Boom, a club on Northwest 39th Street that hosts regular drag shows. There's a professional level in it that people actually come to see. And then there's just kind of the fun kind of like on Thursdays, we do kind of an open mic night where... Anybody that wants to can come and put on their best wig and have a, sh- have a go at it. And that in and of itself is a lot of fun. Northwest 39th has been an LGBTQ hotspot since the 80s. Some residents fondly refer to the area as the Strip or the Gayborhood. Lauren Zuniga, president of the Oklahoma City Pride Alliance, says it's a fun place to end a night out. You know, there's going to be like guys in Speedos hanging off of the poles and there's going to be drag queens and there's going to be everybody from every walk of life. And you're going to feel like you can just let loose and not be worried about how you dance or how you look or what you're wearing. It's just it's everyone's welcome. But 39th wasn't always the city's LGBTQ gathering spot. Aaron Batchoffer is a history professor and associate dean of the Social Sciences Division at Rose State College. He says by World War II, a number of downtown Oklahoma City restaurants and bars catered to LGBTQ customers, or were at least gay-friendly. And really, in the 1950s, 40s and 50s, Oklahoma City was fairly wide open. Now, I'm not saying there were people, men and women, same-sex couples holding hands walking downtown. That wasn't happening. But there were known spots, areas, where gay and lesbian folks could congregate, could attend drag shows, female impersonation shows, uh, meet for drinks. One of those places was Bishop's Tap Room, a bar at the very back of Bishop's Restaurant on North Broadway, across from the Skirvin Hotel. There were several other spots along Grand Avenue, now Sheridan Avenue, like the Circus Room, Talk of the Town, the It'll Do Club, and the Mirror Lounge. But Batchoffer says the Mayflower Lounge was the city's most popular gay bar in the late 1950s. Located on the northeast corner of Northwest 23rd and Classen, the Mayflower was in a dingy former office building with a leaky roof. 
According to former customers, pieces of wallboard would fall from the ceiling into people's drinks, so management tacked a military parachute on the ceiling. The bar suffered a bad fire about six years after opening and closed soon after. There's a rumor that Johnny Carson mentioned the Mayflower's closing on The Tonight Show, though I wasn't able to confirm that. But there were drag shows in Oklahoma City before the 1950s, thanks to traveling performers. A female impersonator named Lou Bates performed at the Lyric Theater in 1908, according to a newspaper ad. About 10 years later, Julian Eltinge performed at the Overholzer Opera House. We present to you now by remote control that famous artist, Mr. Julian Eltinge, female impersonator. Clubs like the Garden of Allah, which later became Louis 29 Club, also hosted these kinds of shows. Then there was the traveling group called the Jewel Box Review. That was the gold standard in terms of traveling female impersonation shows. They actually came to Oklahoma City sometimes for two or three weeks at a time. They would sell out clubs. They had week-long engagements and they would just club, club hop, essentially. People loved them. And it, they, these were not gay clubs as such. They were just regular bars. Oklahoma City's first permanent drag bar was called the Inferno. It opened in 1958. Kind of a nondescript building, cinder blocks, although somebody did paint flame, kind of a flame motif all the way around it. Uh, but the the Inferno was a place that it, people went there because they needed a place to socialize. And there were some incredible female impersonator shows there. Tony Sinclair, the drag queen I mentioned earlier, performed there regularly in a show called Les Girls Review. Batchoffer says the Inferno was queer from the beginning by design, and its patrons absolutely loved it. But LGBTQ clubs and their patrons faced the constant threat of being raided or arrested. Here's the boom owner, John Gibbons, again. You had to be careful when you came in and careful when you left, and you had to pay attention to your surroundings and make sure that, you know, you were safe. In 1983, another club called Angles on Northwest 39th Street filed a federal lawsuit against the city of Oklahoma City, accusing a handful of police officers of harassing customers and alleging officers participated in a campaign of terror, intimidation, harassment, and abuse. I can remember being 22 years old with my boyfriend on the dance floor at Angles and the doors open up and all of a sudden there's 30 cops everywhere. The city settled the lawsuit for $1 plus legal fees. The council also agreed Oklahoma City police officers would obey a permanent injunction to refrain from violating the civil rights of Angles customers and employees. In a 1983 interview with the Gailey, Oklahoma newspaper, Angles club owners said the settlement set a precedent for the entire gay community and had already reduced police presence around the clubs. Okay, so back to that rumor Daniel Humphrey heard, that Oklahoma City was nationally known for its drag shows, and famous people like Johnny Carson and Frank Sinatra flew in to see them. Here's Lauren Zuniga with the Pride Alliance again. I haven't heard about that, but that would not surprise me. Our drag shows are pretty top-notch. And Frank Sinatra did stay at the Skirvin Hotel, back when there were quite a few LGBTQ-friendly bars downtown. Aaron Batchoffer says Sinatra or Johnny Carson could have stopped in. It would be hard to say they came here on business and they stayed at the Skirvin 
to differentiate then, well, maybe they went to the Mayflower when they were here, or maybe they went to Bishop's Tap Room. I've also heard that back in the day, Sinatra played at one of the clubs on Northwest 39th Street before it was an LGBTQ club, but I haven't been able to find any evidence of that. That's it for this episode of How Curious. The show is a production of KGOU Radio. It's produced by me, Claire Donnelly, and this episode was edited by Caroline Halter. David Gray composed our theme music. Special thanks this week to James Cooper. Don't forget, you can send us your questions about Oklahoma. Our email address is curious at kgou.org. And catch up on other How Curious episodes on our website or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.